What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to episode number 422, or week number 422, of the Smartout Moment Smack Talk podcast. It's time for the final hot tags of 2019. We are recording this on December 31st, 2019. Who are we? I'm your host as always, Tony Mango, and joining me as always is Robert DeFelice. The final recording of the decade. How do you feel about that, Tony? Uh, I feel at least a little bit better than what the final match of WWE history will go down tonight. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. We do have that to look forward to. That's going to suck for us. A lot less content. Yeah. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know what this is, we're making a joke about the fact that the Twitter account advertising the match tonight between Roman Reigns and Dolph Ziggler, which, spoiler alert, Roman Reigns wins, was labeled the final match of WWE <laughs> instead of the final match of WWE in 2019. So this is the final hot tags. Concerning WWE, we're an AEW podcast. <laughs> of 2019. <laughs> uh, this is also the 2,500th video. That's insane. Yeah, that's absolutely insane. There's way too much freaking videos on this channel. But thank you for checking them out, everybody. Thank you for listening to this. Thank you for everything that's going along with that. And I'm thanking you in advance for your comments because I want you to chime in with your ideas on these hot tags in the comments below. Obviously, as always, if you are on the iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Podbean, any of those kind of things, tune in. I always forget about tune in now because it's newer. Uh, if you are on those platforms, you cannot leave a comment because they don't have the option to. You can leave a comment, but I don't know where you're going to put it because they don't have a base for it, but hop on over to YouTube, and while you're over there, ring that little bell for the notifications, like the video, subscribe to the channel if you haven't done that already, and drop a comment below and tell us your thoughts on these hot tags. Because what are the hot tags? Well, they are the breakdown of the current events, the rumors, the news, gossip, and everything else that went down in the past few days in the world of professional wrestling, and we've got a couple of different things to talk about. We're going to talk about some specials that were on the network. We're going to run down the, the Monday Night Raw episode that happened. I'm sure everybody wants to know our opinions about that. We're going to talk about somebody's past. <laughs> I'm going to be very vague about that. And an injury and whatever else comes to our mind. So uh, one thing to get out of the way first is let's talk about those things from the WWE Network. I actually did not know about this one, so I didn't get a chance to check it out. But there was a 365 of Seth Rollins. But you checked it out. So this is going to be I the... The rare instance where you're going to have to tell me whether or not it's a see it or skip it. Do you like 365 as it is? I like that much better than 24 or Day Of or, you know, a lot of those other things. I like the concept. Kind of depends on what they're focused around. So this was very good. This showed things from John Moxley leaving WWE and them having a toast at the Shields final chapter backstage. This showed what kind of a toast? White, wheat. Oh, it was uh, total pumpernickel. That's that's ah. the best kind of toast. No, not at all. You got to go white with lots of butter. Oh, you like a diner? Yeah, one of those yeah. that they don't burn though. They're once they, once you burn it, then what the hell? Take it back. <laughs> Eat at diners more in 2020, guys. Um. Yeah, but this was good. On a personal note, my WrestleZone Daily tag partner, Kevin Kellum, got on this special because he interviewed Seth Rollins for the Chicago radio station, 101 WKQX. 
And this is the interview where Rollins said he wanted to fight Punk at WrestleMania. So that made the cut. I was happy to see my friend there. That's cool. I thought this was good. I thought, you know, like, if you like Rollins, if you like the, I guess, the rise and then fall from grace kind of stuff, this is good because he talks about the fans turning on him and all that. And I would say see it. I'll definitely get a chance to check that out at some point because I do like 365. It's cool. I don't like Day Of. Uh, (laughs) I don't know how many of these WWE Day Of blank specials that I've actually enjoyed, but I can tell you it's not a whole lot of them. And I can tell you that there's two more from this past week that I didn't like. The one of them was the WWE in Mexico City. And the other one was the one that happened last night, TLC 2019. Did they need a day of for that? No, they didn't need it for either of these. The Mexico City one I get, because you want to get as much content to remind you, Cain Velasquez is here, don't forget about him. You know, he's with the WWE, because he came in like a house of fire, and then promptly fucked off. That's not even their main priority of that, though. This special is however many minutes of people saying that they're happy to be in Mexico City and talking about like uh, how much the culture means to them and all that other kind of stuff. And personally, I don't care. It's not my thing. It doesn't speak to me. I don't even care about the things that I am, <laughs> let alone the things that I have no connection to. Like, I'm part Italian. If it was like WWE is in Italy, I'd be like, I don't care you know like i'm not a culture guy you know 100 percent. i couldn't agree more i am i'm of mixed descent and i couldn't care less about either side of the traditional aspects you know i just food is good and that's about it yeah like to me there's no like rah-rah oh my god i'm from this area and i feel this connection to something and uh, even when it's like somebody doing something America based, it's like, okay, well, yeah, I'm from the United States, but whatever. And I'm sure people love that. Some people that, that speaks to them a lot, but I skip past every time that it was, and it's this majority of the thing, which is somebody going, I'm excited to see Rey Mysterio and Humberto Carrillo and Andrade and Cain Velasquez. Mexico is great. And I'm like, I'm sure it is good for you. I, I don't really need to see 40 minutes or whatever of people just saying, I love that I'm in Mexico because Mexico means so much to me. Mexico, the culture is this and the passionate people, whatever. It's a fucking advertisement for Mexico City. So, and an advertisement for WWE being like, we're multicultural. There's actually nothing of well, substance to it. New marketing. Stephanie McMahon said it. And yep. the more I see it, the more I can just tell she said that because she went to a conference with many other big corporation (laughs) marketing heads and they all learned hey you know the social media means you got to make a real connection with your audience and you got to care about them and their culture and it's like eh you and i know the score Eh. it's just bs and for that matter that was still even better than the one for the tlc one because that one was just, here are some slow motion clips of TLC, which they've done in the past, where it's like WWE, the day of SummerSlam or whatever. I'm just assuming that every single one of these now is just, here's some backstage shots of people getting ready. 
and then here's slow motion a couple moves throughout the ring and michael cole over the commentary being all like oh my god and what and it's like i saw tlc and i didn't like it so (laughs) why would i want to revisit the whole like oh my god the epicness of t there's nothing epic about it See, if you wanted to do Day of TLC, and I know they wouldn't do this because this is exposing part of their medical, but talk about Kyrie and the fact that she's not on TV right now. Yeah, and of course there was like nothing on that. It was just like, by the way, freaking ambulances. That's great. Uh, New York, holla. New York, yay, you know. So you got my uh, crappy microphone uh with the bad quality you got my sinus problems and then you got uh ambulances in the background that's great yeah uh, ambiance <laughs> yeah. is the new uh <laughs> ambiance is the new podcast <laughs> yeah um yeah it's like they really just wanted to harp on the idea of the baron corbin and roman reigns thing is so fucking epic guys oh my god tlc look back on that if you want to do the day of something Make it something that I want to know what happened the day of. Like, I want the day of the Montreal Screwjob. Or the day of Saudi Arabia and the whole travel instances of Crown Jewel. Right. I don't want the day of Monday Night Raw when they're doing the fucking Lana wedding thing, which we're going to talk about. But, like, that to me is not, like, epic. I disagree. I want the day of when they're doing the Lana wedding because that was... A beautiful experimental train wreck. I just want the meeting where they're going over it, and that's it. I think I think you'll get that one day. Like years down the line, you know how like you occasionally get behind the scenes footage of May Young giving birth to a hand. <laughs> I think you're gonna get like years down the line. This is going to be a thing that sticks with everybody for better or worse. Maybe we'll get day of for that, but I think that you should definitely skip these two day of specials. If you are very much in the camp that you really like the whole multicultural uh, circle jerk type of thing, (laughs) and you love the idea of like WWE's in Mexico City, and that's all we want you to to do is to tell you that we go to these other areas. WWE is in Abu Dhabi. WWE is in Portugal. You know, any of those kind of things. If that's your your bag, then, you know, go ahead and do it. But, yeah, I thought that that was a giant waste of time. And only slightly better than the TLC one, which was an even bigger waste of time. (laughs) So don't watch those. I agree. Uh, What you might want to watch is something with Mitch Bennett. Uh, oh no, fuck! <laughs> I was like, I was like, who the? F- oh dear. Yeah. So this is labeled in my uh, description because I'm assuming that YouTube will probably like dock me uh, social media points or whatever. But Lars Sullivan has had a horrible year, <laughs> and so, some of I don't it. Know, I don't know if you're going to go in and fix the future nerds forecast or the. Uh... Or yeah, see, awards. <laughs> that's that's but, something that is like we we already recorded both the obviously we already have the end of the year awards already up, but we have the one to watch and the future endeavors forecast already done and it's scheduled to pop up for you guys tomorrow, so we can't go back and re-record that. But Lars Sullivan is 
on my high high list of future endeavors. He went from not on my list to all right, this guy's probably going. And, and it happened literally hours after we recorded. <laughs> well, I, I showed you how I found out. Sean Ross Sapp, I do work for Fightful.com, says, Hey, this is coming. Don't report on it. And I said, Well, I didn't expect that. And I went on about my day. And about 20 minutes later, I don't just see mentions of it on my Twitter feed. I see the parts of the video. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, who has it out for Lars Sullivan? Now, I did not see parts of the video. I only had seen, partially because I didn't really look for it, <laughs> to be <laughs> the honest. Still shots of the, uh, the still shot of Mitch. Yeah, I saw that, and I saw some people uh, editing some graphics and stuff. Um, there's that one of the Triple H, uh, the point, <laughs> which I thought that that's that's great. Uh, so if anybody's wondering what the hell we're talking about, uh, Lars Sullivan, here's the breakdown of what he had going on leading up to this point. Sullivan gets advertised at Survivor Series 2018 for going up to the main roster. And coming soon, Lars Sullivan, he's going to kick some serious ass. And this is prior to Lacey Evans, EC3, and all those people just being randomly plucked. Yeah, so he's on his own. He's going to make a big splash. He's coming in around the time where they're going to build up something for him for WrestleMania. Seems like a big deal. Then they start adding the other people into there. Nikki Cross, EC3, Heavy Machinery, Lacey Evans. So they're just coming to the main roster as well. That seems like, all right, well, Lars Sullivan doesn't seem all that special now that he's just a part of a pack, but hey, he's still coming to the main roster. They'll probably push him really far. A bunch of stuff comes out about message boards that he had posted on. And I had argued around the time that, yeah, like, obviously shitty things that he had said. Right. But everybody has the chance that they, they grow, they learn from their past uh, mistakes, Maybe he's not like that anymore. And there's it's a good chance that he isn't. I mean, we don't really know for sure, but he had posted homophobic things. He had posted racist things. And there's a chance that maybe he's just like, yeah, I was in a bad head state right then. And I really don't feel that way anymore. And I was an awful person. And that's the end of it. Because we've all said horrible things. And we've all said things that we regret saying. And, you know, it's just, it's one of those things. It's part of the human condition. But he goes through an anxiety attack uh, bit. And doesn't do his debut. And they wait a couple of months. So there goes all the whole WrestleMania thing. Pretty Wasn't much guaranteed. Rumor, like he was supposed to fight John. Yeah, that was one of the rumors was he was going to fight John Cena, which that is like, wow, you picked the worst chance to come up to the main roster and get a solid build all the way up until WrestleMania to fight John Cena. It's never going to happen again, most likely. And. That's already bad. Comes up to the main roster, starts doing his squashes. It's really not doing anything for anybody. Gets injured. Out, out for like a year. It's like, God, man, that's a really bad set of, set of circumstances. And now the latest thing is people have discovered that he had done gay porn. So he was under the name Mitch Bennett. And that's all out there now. And I don't know how much more there is. It was clearly, like, one of those things where 
I think they call it gay for pay. Where yeah. The guy is straight, and then it's just like an experiment of, hey, so would you do this? You know, would you be in this video? We're going to pay you, basically. And my... I'm beginning to wonder, as you laid all that out, if the anxiety attack was triggered by the fact that he knew this stuff was all going to come out. Right. And it's contradictory of a lot of the things that he had been saying, which that's very, like, if you want to do a deep dive on psychological stuff, it's like, how often do you run into situations where it's like that senator that's, like, militantly against gay marriage or something and he gets caught in the bathroom. He, yeah he gets caught uh with some kind of weird foot thing in the bathroom where it's like you know oh if you tap your foot three times it means that you're in for this or so. it's like some kind of fucking code that it's like how could you possibly even know this code unless that's something that you were very much into and you know if i'm sitting there you know taking a piss in the bathroom and somebody starts tapping their foot i'm assuming that they're listening to music you know but it, it's like that whole i'm gonna be so ashamed of myself that I'm going to be against a, against everything that I feel and all that. And it's like, I mean, maybe, maybe Lars Sullivan has that kind of stuff going on. And it's like another instance where it's like the guy needs to get some kind of help. And whether it's just like the anxiety of dealing with past indiscretions or the anxiety of his personal feelings and just not feeling like he could be himself or, I don't know, but he clearly has some deep-seated issues, and I think that he needs to go get some kind of therapy or something like that. And hopefully he's doing at least some of that, but his time off right now, it's not looking all that good because the most recent thing that happened is he just like went social media silent. I don't blame him. I 100% do not blame him. I don't blame him for that either, but it's also not a good sign of things, you know? He's not promoting anything. He's not doing anything. You know what I mean? If he wants to go social media dark, hey, that's that's his prerogative. I I almost feel... Listen, he said some pretty horrible shit, but I've also heard that when apologizing... It wasn't like a Hulk Hogan apology where, hey, brother, don't get caught on camera. It was... Oh my god, I'm so sorry. This was so long ago. I was just being a troll on the internet. I don't... I'm not that person. I'm so sorry. You know? Right. So, it's clear that he's got some stuff going on, and I do feel bad. But at this point, I genuinely feel he and WWE would be better off if they just cut bait. I feel like for WWE's image, and for... Not necessarily their responsibilities, but just, like, this is a lot in the span of a year. And if it wouldn't have been for the other stuff, like the message board stuff, then I would say keep him on. Like, cause, they find him, too. They find him $100,000. Right, yeah, that's another thing. I forgot about that. But, like, obviously, if he had just done these videos and that had leaked out, then that wouldn't be grounds to release somebody. It would be the type of thing where it's like, yeah, you did that in the past, and maybe he's ashamed of it, but other people, that's their job, and other people, that's their kink, or that's their whatever, and, you know, nothing wrong with that. Anything more than the fact that Mickey James did spreads, and, you know what I mean? Like, that, there's nothing wrong about that. 
Yes, let's make and, that clear. There's nothing wrong with yeah working in the adult film industry or any kind of sex work. Right. So that's like I don't think anybody should be putting on this whole. Uh, charade about like well they need to fire him now because of that it's like well no they don't need to fire him because of that that's you know that's not the way that things should be going down but i think a that they should like, haha because you you said homophobic things and you got caught you're right yeah you know, yeah i just think that it's more so like they everybody kind of needs to sit down and go like look i think that there needs to be some kind of therapy or something like that to sort out a lot of these issues and everything and we're not going to be rushing to bring you back from your injury anytime soon and all that. So let's just kind of go to sorting out stuff like that rather than trying to figure out how we can film you working out at the performance center and coming back to beat the crap out of Heath Slater. You know what I mean? It is yeah, a funny set of uh, circumstances, though. Like, out of all the people on the main roster, you know? Yeah. I... I don't want to speculate too hard, but I I have to wonder if this is like a targeted thing. Oh, it has to be. Yeah. It has to be because, I mean, the way that like his message board stuff had been down, that upset a lot of people and rightfully so. But people do that nowadays. Now they go on witch hunts for things. Justified or not. Some of it is, some of it isn't. Some of it, it's like somebody, you know, on a podcast will be like, you know, I don't really like the color yellow. It's my least favorite. And somebody will be like, I need to hunt down if you did anything wrong in your life because my fucking favorite color is yellow. And that's like absolutely crazy. And How then uh, other times, eh, 30-something. Okay, so exactly at least 10 years ago. Yeah, it's got to be at least then. Because he looks drastically different, too. Yeah. That's the thing. As he looks wildly. He looks very similar to... He had his picture printed in WWE Magazine as his real name, Dylan Miley, because he, his girlfriend was like, it's me yeah. or ECW One Night Stand, and he's like, well, I guess I'm going to One Night Stand. Yeah, that is funny. That, uh, that whole thing was, if the story's true and all that, that he and his girlfriend were having these like arguments because she didn't like WWE, and he's like obsessed with it. So he goes to one night stand instead of going to on her birthday, and then he gives her a birthday gift, and it's a fucking ECW shirt. <laughs> That's so good. Um, yeah, so it's just a weird set of circumstances, and not how I was uh, anticipating the hot tags to have included. But hey, you know, if you want to check out the video and leave us your thoughts on the video, go ahead and do that in the comments below. I don't know if I would really want to plug the Patreon now and be like, if you, you want us to do things on the Patreon, then, you know, whatever. But I didn't plug the Patreon yet, so I'll mention that. Uh, yeah, the Patreon is the Patreon. You know how Patreons are, and we've mentioned it a thousand times by now. So if you don't know exactly the breakdown of that, go check it out. Patreon.com slash moment. Donate a buck or however much you got in your spare change that you want to toss our way because it's all greatly appreciated. And we will be doing another uh, Patreon special feature later on this week. We're going to do the Superstar Scores Edge, as requested by Marco. So stay tuned for that. We're going to do that probably Thursday the 2nd. So that'll either come up Thursday the 2nd or Friday the 3rd. And very quickly, you mentioned the merchandise shops, Public and Redbubble for Smartout Moment, for Fanboys Anonymous, and for A Mango Tees. Not going to have any Jim Cornette things on there. Don't want to get sued 
unlike some other people. No, you shouldn't want that. Yeah, but there are designs. There are some funny ones. There are some that are just flat Whatever out stupid. Maybe you take your shirts down. They won't see you. Yeah, that'll be the difference maker of the two. But if you want to pick up a shirt or something like that, there's a whole lot of different types of merchandise. So go browse that and see what you're interested in. Tee Public and Redbubble. Let's go to Arn Anderson. He is now also a head coach for AEW. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Specifically, he's Cody Rhodes' manager on air. Ah, really? That's like... Uh, That's what they mean by personal advisor and coach. Huh. He's going to be on air with Cody. Which, listen to me, guys. The Anderson and Rhodes thing, they don't get along. So I'm waiting already, and it hasn't even started yet. I'm waiting for Arn Anderson to turn on Cody. Because the Anderson family and the Rhodes family do not get along. Maybe it'll wait until the revival. The yeah, and you, who, did you fucking say that on the uh, the one to watch? Where, or the Future Endeavors, where you're just like, yeah, let them go to AEW and they can be with Arn Anderson. <laughs> I might have, I don't know, for sure. You, you spoke it into existence. That's a lot better than The Fiend being a shit show that you spoke into existence. <laughs> Or Wego's uh, diverticulitis type stuff that he's done in the past. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, Arn Anderson's cool, so yeah, nothing wrong with really this. Good. Uh, I will say the January first episode of Dynamite is going to be so good. It's going to be a great chance to earn a cheap victory over WWE NXT in the ratings because NXT doesn't have a show, and Dynamite is going to have a loaded show, and this is just another part of that. I'm all for it. I'm not super excited about the Dynamite episode still. Yeah, but I think you're kind of reaching a plateau where you're like, okay, this isn't for me. Kind of. I mean, I just, I assume it'll be fine. I don't think it's going to be anything like monumental. But I hope that they take that, uh, the Dark Order negativity and they they turn that around and then they kind of one up Monday Night Raw from this week because Monday Night Raw had a horrible ending oh, for that. Oh, they need to um, – I was thinking about that last night. I was like, fuck, they should have just gone up on Mondays because up against NXT, it's like two sides of the same coin. Up against Raw, this would have been like right. chocolate and horse manure, you know, like – uh, uh, Let's see what we got here. We got – Kalisto's injury. Uh, he suffered an injury at the live event on what was it? Yesterday. Yesterday. I think it was yesterday. Yeah, uh, Hershey, Pennsylvania. Not a whole lot of reports about exactly what went down yet, but referee threw up the X. They had a quick finish. The revival win. Hershey. It was a uh, Los Angeles. Oh, this website is saying Hershey. Hershey, the Lucha House Party beat the revival. Ah. Okay, this website's got it all wrong. Uh, so, yeah, so he is potentially out. Maybe it's not necessarily going to be a big bad deal. Maybe it is. Who knows? It's a bad lucha thing. It is a bad lucha thing, that's for sure. <laughs> Definitely not a good lucha thing. But we'll see, I guess, more information about that in the future. It's not the you know going to be a game changer type of thing where it's like, oh, no, Kalisto's out, and that changes all WrestleMania plans. I doubt that he was really going to factor in all that much, but... You got the two other members of the Lucha House Party. We'll see more Dorado and Metalik wrestling for a little bit, I guess. 
nonetheless, it's an injury. So, something to talk about. And we would have been talking about another injury, the Randy Orton one. But that turned out to be a ruse. Yeah. So what we're going to do is we're going to break down Monday Night Raw because people have said before that they like when we talk about our thoughts on Raw. And I would also say that you don't put hot tags in the title. Okay, You put Raw Review and then you put the results in the front. And, you know? Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I genuinely I do think if people know we're reviewing Raw, especially this Raw, whew, this Raw was a... It was a... I'm going to... It was, you, it was good, good. It was for really a lot good. of it, yeah. It was really, really good, and then the fucking wedding happened, and it was just like, okay, this is the worst of professional wrestling at its very best. I don't know if you could say best at anything. <laughs> yeah, okay, so I don't even know where you want to start. Do you want to just break it down segment by segment? Do we just go for the bullet points? Let's go segment by segment, because we started off tonight with Kevin Owens doing a promo, Seth Rollins and AOP come out, they start a fight, Samoa Joe comes out, helps out Kevin Owens, they all get broken up by security, and then later on in the locker room, they're kind of going like, hey, well, we did what we wanted to do, let's leave. Later on, still, they did a whole thing with Seth Rollins and AOP leaving. So, that's basically just a stall. Hey, we'll have them fight, we'll do something another time. I'm not the biggest fan of those kind of things, but at the same time, I get why they do that, because they need to stretch things out, and they don't want to do, all right, the next week, we're just blowing our load, and we're doing the whole match, and all that setup. But the question I have is, do you think that this is going to go with a six-man tag, because Rey Mysterio is still involved in this, or do you think that we're going to get something else? It, honestly, it's one of the better storylines on Raw right now. But I'm also highly confused by where they're going. Because it seems like at least four of the six should be in the Royal Rumble match. That's not to say that they can't also be in a six-man tag at the Royal Rumble. But it seems like a waste of time. And that being said, I'm not crazy about Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins being stretched out all the way to Mania. I would rather see somewhere along the line Joe and Owens turn on each other and they fight at Mania. Because I think that's a match that hasn't happened on a grand scale yet and would be really good. Rollins is doing the best work he has in years. I feel confident in saying that. I, I just... The AOP kind of feel weird because they're not the Shield, right? The Shield was like three dudes coming together but they're all still their own individual dudes. They all have their own flavor. They can all pair off with Ray, Joe, and Owens if need be. AOP would almost guaranteed need to be in a tag match. And I don't know how long you can keep the pairing of Joe and Owens as a thing before that gets old. How long before people start calling the tag team Joe-ins? Yeah. <sighs> Right now, <laughs> yeah. Right now, as as soon as they have an official match, it's it's uh the Joe's show. Hashtag Joe's is uh trending on Twitter, that kind of thing. I'll never forget the Celtic Vipers when <sighs> they let they let like a fifteen year old girl choose the name of Randy Orton Sheamus <laughs> tag team. The other alternative was the Wildcats. <laughs> 
Well, looking at last year's WrestleMania card, or Royal Rumble card, I should say, because that's the right thing. <laughs> uh, we had 10 matches on the card, and a lot of them were for different championships. But we also had, like, on the pre-show, a tag team match between Rude and Gable against Dawson and Rizar. Remember that? Yeah. Like, so they have room for these kind of things. And I'm fully expecting Rey Mysterio mention that he's not done with this whole thing because they want to do something next week where he's going to have another match with Andrade because Andrade won the United States Championship. So he's going to have his rematch. He's not going to win the title back. And maybe the way that he wins, he loses the match is AOP and Seth Rollins come out. They screw Rey Mysterio over. That way they kind of keep that going. And eventually, I think, at Royal Rumble, we're going to get a six-man tag. And that just that incorporates a lot of people in there. Maybe that takes something away from Brock Lesnar a little bit. Although Lesnar is supposed to show up next week, so maybe they're going to establish a number one contender at some point from that. Yeah, I'm, I can't wait to talk about that. Because for the first time in years, I have zero clue of where they're going with Brock Lesnar. Well, if we look at the current roster right now, and we limit it basically to the Monday Night Raw roster, because I don't think they're going to do, like, some kind of cross-branded type thing. I mean, who really is there that he can wrestle that would make logical sense? They're not going to do, like, Aleister Black just gets the title shot. They might. I mean, you know, it's a possibility. Listen, with the way this show is going, I wouldn't be surprised if they just go, hey, we're going to put you in the ring with Ricochet at the Royal Rumble, and you're going to throw him around. Might be. Uh, I don't think that it would be Rusev. Obviously, it's not going to be Owens or Joe, because what would be the point? So it's kind of almost, it sort of has to be like Black or Rusev or some kind of outlier. Not Unless like Dory Mack. Because <laughs> um, I had Randy penciled in for this. Me too. But it really seems like Randy is going to continue with AJ. So unless they throw those two guys in a match and they do a three with Lesnar, which would be a pretty decent match. I, I just, I don't see it. Yeah. Kind of strange, but we did get Aleister Black against Buddy Murphy and he beat Buddy Murphy again. So since he's two and oh, maybe they justify it that way. Maybe they just go and give that push to him. But I don't think that's the case. Good match though, by the way. Black and Murphy. Really good match. I think Murphy should have won. Me too. I, I tweeted this out. I was like, listen, I get it. Buddy Murphy isn't exposed. So any exposure is good exposure. But there's only so many times you can look good in defeat and it not be seen like, okay, you're just the the good loser guy. Yeah. Uh, Eric Rowan defeated Kip Stevens by pinfall. Just another squash thing. All right. What's in the cage, Tony? I still think it would be better if it was nothing. If it's just a friggin' rat, that's going to be very disappointing. I'm going to guess that there, there's some weird... Uh, you know, I'll guess that they don't know right now. Oh, they definitely don't know right now. And then by WrestleMania, it'll be some weird relic of the Wyatt family, and that's how you get Eric Rowan back with Bray Wyatt. If you had to put an animal in there and you wanted to go with, like, 
I don't know, like what's something that's like a ferret interesting, like a, a rabies ridden rodent, some kind of rodent that has rabies. I don't think that the whole, like, creepy animal thing is going to translate all that well. That's why I'm hoping that it's not a rat, because if it's just some kind of a rat where they're like, oh, this guy's creepy, he carries a rat around. I'll be like, yeah, well, you know, that didn't even go over well 10 years ago with the Black Rain stuff. I'd almost rather them have a possum in there, because they're, like, creepy and vicious little things. But I would much rather them go just off the wall and instead of having some kind of like ooh, it's a creepy animal it could bite you or whatever have it be something that's like cute and cuddly and it's like oh no wonder he like what's protecting this thing you know like here's this little bunny this adorable little bunny and the entire time if anybody would have grabbed the the sheet and looked at it it would have been like oh that cute little oval you know like <laughs> but he didn't get the wedding invite I don't blame him. Charlotte Flair comes out. She announces that she's going to be in the Women's Royal Rumble. Yeah, thankfully, they wrote that segment, I think, well enough where she was like, everybody knew that I was going to be doing all that. That was the most interesting thing about that segment to me, was that she was very straightforward of, you knew I was in this match. You know I'm the queen. You're tired of me saying I'm the queen. I'm tired of saying I'm the queen. Get somebody out here and I can show you why I'm the queen. Good enough. And uh, one of the things that went along with that was she does this open challenge and Italia's music hits. And this I was just like, oh, I fucking hate it when they do this. Oh, my God. Vic Joseph going, is she going to answer the challenge? Yeah. And Jerry Lawler going, here to say hi. what the, what does this mean or whatever? It's like, I think I know what it fucking means. Natalia, who said the same music. For her entire career is coming out to answer the fucking open challenge, assholes. It's a professional wrestling thing. Why do you think that you need to act as if we don't know what this is? All you have to do is just treat people like they're not even that they're like smart. Just that they're not complete idiots. And just go, well, it looks like Natalia's answering that open challenge. This will be a good match. Yep. Not that fucking difficult. I hate that they and think that everybody's match, got too. like these like short term memory loss or something like Yeah, the match was really solid. I'm yeah, surprised this is nobody one of those things were on commentary. They just acted like nobody's ever watched WWE before. And if you're choosing to watch WWE for the first time on December thirtieth, twenty nineteen, it's a weird thing to do. Yeah. I don't get why they have to drill home those kind of points of view. So I don't think that anybody's watching this for the first time and that they wouldn't get the idea to begin with because it's like, I have an open challenge to anybody in the roster. Come out here and wrestle me. Somebody comes out. I don't think they're coming out to do their fucking laundry. I think they're coming out to (laughs) wrestle, you know, like it's stupid, but I like the match. Flair beat Natalia by submission. Uh, One of the best things I've ever seen, uh, they really closed up on Natty's face when she was in the figure eight and you could hear her saying, no, no, I will not give up. And she really struggled with the idea of, oh, no, I have to tap out here, which is something you don't see a lot because it seems like such a foregone conclusion of, okay, they're, it's figure eight, it's over, you know? Yeah. I enjoyed that. Yeah, I like that match quite a bit. 
Uh, Becky Lynch Again, talked the show to. Is super good. Yeah, so much of the show is very good. Uh, Some of the it was just really really bad. <laughs> Becky, they're doing a weird thing with Becky, and I hope they don't continue it. Where she's like, "Well, I'm leaving, or my contract is coming up, so you just need to give me what I want, or I'm not signing my contract." Yeah, Although, very interesting that they're going in that direction. I'm assuming that they're doing that to kind of play off the idea that a lot of people are doing that backstage. Although, it, I like the fact that she made wins and losses feel important by acknowledging, listen, Asuka beat me on the best night of my life. I won the Rumble. I, I did everything this year, and it means nothing because Asuka beat me. I really like that that she's obsessed with getting this win back i mean look at the roster right now there is not a viable contender to becky lynch and they pretty much had to do something with oscar because that's one of the only people that they could do something with and they're doing the best kind of thing out of this that they could have they had their tag team match the tag team champions retained she has lost to her last year at Royal Rumble, so she wants to kind of like go full circle and round that out. That's a that's well done enough that I'll tip my hat if I were wearing a hat right now. Uh, I would tip my hat to them for doing something out of that that they could have done a hell of a lot worse. Like They could have very easily just been like, hey, Sarah Logan won a number one contender's fatal four-way, and now she's going to fight her. You know? If Sasha Banks wins the Royal Rumble, or any SmackDown superstar for that matter, I'm thinking she uses this whole, well, my contract is coming up bit to either go, all right, I'm holding you over the barrel here. Give me Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania. Because that's what I want. Because there's nobody else on this roster that can touch me, and I want to beat Ronda one-on-one. I still think it's going to be Shayna. But even that, you can do... You know, I lost I that Survivor Shana. Series. Yeah, right. But I think that this is their way of going. SmackDown star wins the Rumble. Becky Lynch calls her own shot for WrestleMania. And then what's the Elimination Chamber? The champion has to retain for or, SmackDown. Or that—that's when you do it. You, if let's say, um, let's say Sasha wins the Rumble, she's teasing, challenging Bailey. You put Becky in the chamber, you have her win, and then you go, all right, I, I've beaten everybody. I won the Elimination Chamber. There's nobody left. Give me blank because my contract is coming up and I'm your biggest star. Don't you worry about blank. Let me worry about blank. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it does come across slightly dickish, but her boyfriend's also being a dick right now, or fiance, so maybe they're going to do a turn as well. Eh, I don't think so. But it is interesting that they're looping this whole thing in there. Maybe it's just for this one setup, and then they're going to drop it after that, or maybe that's all they needed for this week, and that's going to be going away next week. You know? As Either- long as it's not... And listen, I like Charlotte and Becky. I think they can headline Mania, and I wouldn't have a problem with it, but I would really rather not. Hey, look, Charlotte won the Rumble. Hey, look, Charlotte's fighting Becky. Because you can tell that story any way you want. You don't need the Rumble for that. Yeah, Charlotte should just win it next year. But Um, we'll see. Uh, That's the whole Becky Lynch thing. They confirmed that for the Royal Rumble against Asuka. 
Then we had the OC cutting a promo, and the Street Profits interrupt. They talk some trash. They beat them. And then later on, uh, the Street Profits are talking about the idea that they are better than the best in t- tag team in the world. And Angelo Dawkins completely forgets where he's supposed to go on this promo. Um, He is not as smooth on the mic as Montez Ford. And I really think that one day Montez Ford is just going to leave him in the dust. I hope it's not soon because I do like them as a tag team. But, you know. We know who's going to end up being the Marty Jannetty. It's, uh, the, the Montez Ford can be the rock. I genuinely feel that way. He can be like, yes, you have the representation of Kuki. He's got that, that swag and that stuff that they're missing from what they try to do with their African-American talent. A lot of times I think they like to shoehorn guys into certain roles. And Montez Ford just oozes natural charisma. Yeah, so that was a funny enough segment. Not for the reasons that they intended. And uh, well, I'll give them credit for doing a lot more with the best in the world trophy for tag teams than they ever did with the greatest Royal Rumble belt and the uh, best right. in the world singles trophy. Well, they did get a lot out of the Shane McMahon World Cup thing. It just sucked. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> the Drew McIntyre thing, he wrestles Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins in a handicap match. Cuts a promo ahead of time that I thought was pretty funny where he's like making fun of people in the crowd and stuff. I'm still not feeling that 2020 is going to be Drew McIntyre's year, but this he was one of the more entertaining things. So I like that. Do you think he's in the universal title picture by stomping grounds? It all kind of depends because right now I'm not feeling that there's any guarantees for Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. And if they can build somebody like a Kevin Owens up and have him beat Brock Lesnar. So we have a babyface champion. Then McIntyre. I think. Yeah. McIntyre could be, but I also just don't, Trust that there's not just going to say, okay, well, we're keeping it on Brock, and that's yeah, it. That's true, because this year, they could have easily have gone with Corbin for three weeks or a month, and they chose not to. It was Seth, Brock, Seth. Right. So, I don't trust that Drew McIntyre is winning that, but who knows. Uh, we would have talked about the Randy Orton injury, but... I still want to talk about it. He comes into the ring, taking his time struggling he's on crutches that kind of stuff and i had said to caroline i'm like uh i don't buy it and she's like what 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 do you mean whatever and i'm like yeah and i I had to explain to her the mark henry thing and i'm like yeah ever since that happened and people are like feigning retirement and stuff is a possibility and now the fact that they are making him go and walk down the ramp is already throwing me off because kind of a dick move if he was actually injured to be like hey randy come out to raw like fly out here on a fucked up knee and we're gonna have you on crutches go down the whole entire ramp and take your time but he cuts his promo he talks about how he really messed up his knee and he there's a chance he might not be able to wrestle anymore and aj styles comes out and he taunts him and kicks one of the crutches away and all that and orton gives him an rko and he's like ha fuck you i was just fooling very cool segment, I thought. I loved it. I loved everything about it. I, I got into, I don't want to say an argument, but 
several people were like, this was stupid, you wasted, you cheated members of, of the WWE fandom out of a house show match just to have the guy RKO him the next night. I'm all for superstars and companies making house shows matter. Yeah, and like the people that are at that house show, that's probably the thing that they were talking about the most. Oh my god, and it it's worked. like Randy got Orton it. got injured. Oh, well, we gotta check to see if that's gonna be a thing going forward, you know? Yeah, I immediately I was on news for Fightful. I'm like, okay, I gotta stop what I'm doing and get this because it looks like Orton's injured. I want to get into this and I'm being 100% speculative. He mentioned Edge. And with everything going on surrounding Edge, anytime I hear his name now, I'm like, oh, that could be something. Because he specifically mentioned, you know, Edge, I really respected him. He had to give up his whole career. I I can see them doing Randy versus Edge at WrestleMania. It's a safe match. It's a match we've seen. We've never seen it at Mania. But if Edge wants to really do a match, that's a good match to do. What if it's Edge and Styles? I thought about that. When I, when I thought that Orton might legitimately be injured, I was like, okay, Edge and Styles... I'll sell my house for, <laughs> for a ticket. <laughs> like I I will watch Edge and I'll watch Edge and anybody because I really think we were robbed. Even though you can say, yeah, his final match was WrestleMania, world title match, he won. It was in the opener. It was the first time ever they did that whole the opening match is just as big as the closing match. And you know, we weren't used to that. It was with Del Rio. I didn't like it. I want another edge match. I'll take Styles or Orton or really anybody. Yeah, I think that there's a chance that there's an edge and Styles thing going on in the future because they are harping on this Styles and Orton thing for now. And really, to drag it out another four months seems a little crazy. But if you do Styles and Orton in a singles match at WrestleMania, uh, Royal Rumble, or you put them in like continue this throughout raw then maybe they bring back edge at some point and he like styles attacks edge and it's like you know what you thought you were injured and all that and you brought up edge and he's your buddy and all this so i'm gonna attack him and then edge is like you know what fuck you i'm gonna actually wrestle again and that kind of thing that could be their game plan that'd be pretty cool i think it'd be a good match maybe a hell of a tip of the cap to aj styles you know like yeah i'll come back and wrestle you right yeah which, I mean, if there's a whole lot of people on this roster that people would pick, Styles is one of them. And he's probably one of the only people who can protect somebody. Like, he's wrestled a broken down Sting. He's, you know what I mean? He's gotten in the ring with some people. How have we still not gotten AJ Styles versus The Undertaker? That was something. So, in 2017, I was a strong believer that the matchup Mania would be Undertaker, AJ Styles, or the matchup the Royal Rumble would have been Taker and AJ Styles. I think... Me too. Like, the John Cena match, even though that was my favorite one that they had, we had seen it enough at that point. I would have loved to have seen an Undertaker match. Maybe Taker just doesn't want to test his metal. You know what I mean? Maybe he's like, I know I can work around you, but I don't need to, and I'd rather you not have a bad match. Maybe. 
But I'll fight Goldberg. <laughs> yeah, because it's like, yeah, um, this isn't Saudi Arabia. It's a nice payday. Could he even said like when he retired against Roman, he was like, I'm done. And then Vince called me and said, hey, I need a favor. And now he's still wrestling. Right. Then we had Andrade taking out a jobber. Ricochet comes out to stop him, and Ricochet loses by pinfall to a match to uh, Andrade. Fantastic. Then we had the big thing. We had the wedding between Lashley and Lana. And this was 25-something minutes or so. This was long. This had about a 15-minute overrun. This was awful in so many ways and i kind of don't even know necessarily where to start uh i guess the best thing to do is to just give you a quick rundown of what it was and then kind of backtrack because what happened was they drag it out throughout the whole entire night as like this is the big thing this is going to be the thing this is going to get you to keep watching this is going to be our main event all this the the wedding lashley and lana this is going to be great Talking and talking and talking and talking. They had this guy pretending to be the priest or minister or whatever he was. He was kind of <laughs> the officiate dudes doing his thing and horrible acting from everybody, especially Lana. Um, I'm going to disagree with you. I think the person who played Lana's quote unquote first husband. Oh, that dude was solid. <laughs> I mean, I tweeted out. I said, this dude can cut a better promo than half the roster. Like, this dude, obviously, he's an indie guy. I think we had said his name earlier. Or EJ Risk is his name. He's apparently from the uh, Kurt Hawkins Create a Pro Academy. So, obviously, at Create a Pro, they teach people how to talk. Yeah, sign this, this fucking the dude. Same, this is the same school that gave us MJF. Oh, uh, really? Huh. I mean... This guy cut a good promo, which means he's either really dealt with a woman like this before, or he's like, I'm on Raw, I'm in the main event, this is my only chance, let me do something with this. I liked that guy, yeah. And I didn't hate uh, the girl, uh, Carissa, Carissa Rivera. Rivera. Who... So she's also from the New York area. She's been backstage at Raw a ton of times now, and I think she... She lost a she... match to somebody recently, didn't she? Was she one of the Brooklyn Bells? Uh, maybe. I don't remember for sure. I kind of remember, like, her maybe losing to, like, Lacey Evans or something like that. I don't remember for uh, sure now. Yeah. So but she, she is supposed to be Bobby Lashley's first wife, even though they could have just, you know, brought... What's her face? They probably uh, did not do that. <laughs> Crystal. Yeah, probably too close for them. But she's, um, you know, she she did her thing fine. So Sean Rossap said, I looked it up. This girl would have been 11 when Lashley was in the military. So that's kind of funny to me. Oh, uh, that's weird. That, because she looks good enough, you know, like, I would buy that, that she was um, his first wife, or at least they had done something together. What I don't like is that you had these two interruptions because you think it's all leading to Rusev. And then you get Liv Morgan. Because you got that cake out there. And the cake is like, oh my god, can you just have Rusev pop out of the and fucking every, cake already? Yeah, everybody fucking knew Rusev's in the cake. 
And I know that there's at least a portion of people that are like, I loved this because I thought that that was going to happen and I got swerved. And that's what matters to me is that I didn't see something coming. And you're the same people that liked The Last Jedi just because it did shit for the sake of going, I gotcha. Hold on, hold on. We're gonna we're gonna get to the reception of it. Because I have some feelings as well. Ugh. Well, Liv Morgan comes out, and long story short, as soon as Liv Morgan comes out, you know where this is going. She's in love with Lana. I was really hoping that that was going to be a misdirect as well. And that this was going to be, because she said, no, I'm not talking about Lashley. And I was like, please say that you're not talking about Lana either, and that you're talking about that you fell in love with the wrestling ring, and that you're annoyed that they're doing this kind of thing because you think that people should be wrestling. We're going to get to that, too, because I have a lot of feelings. That's why when it was over last night, I was like, oh, I hope your voice is holding up, because... I was really burned up here. And it uh, turns out she's just in love with Lana, and they're going to do this lesbian angle between oh. the two of them. And Not even! They're foregoing anything, because it looked for a minute, with the way Lana was cl- was crying, I'm thinking, all right, Ra's going up there with these two making out. Right. And, like, that's how we go up here. Lana beats the shit out of her, which means... Uh, Liv starts fighting her back and they're getting into it and I it was right about this time I went all that's missing is Joey Styles yelling cat fight yeah and then Rusev pops up and and then Rusev comes out of the cake great photo of Rusev like flashing this cheesy grin coming out of the cake and he beats up Lashley and then he screams at Lana hello wife Hello, like Rusev is overacting to a T, but it's it's on the opposite end of the spectrum as Lana, who is bad overacting. Rusev is like this is so much fun. You know, right? it was uh, the only part of this that I thought was fun was the- Lana getting the makeup from Lashley on her face. Oh my god! And the two of them trying to signal back and forth whether or not she got it off. That was the only part I thought that was entertaining about this whole t- fucking t- half an hour or whatever it was. She got Lashley's eyebrow makeup on her face. And that's clearly not what was planned. And, by the way, we're, we're ignoring stuff here, because you get to the Liv Morgan stuff and you're just like, that happened. But the entire segment, I think they should have even cut out Lashley's wife. Because the entire segment was built around what a bitch Lana is. She wrote her vows. She wrote his vows. Her vows were basically, this is the greatest moment of your life. Forget everything else you've ever done. I'm the best thing that's ever going to happen to you and in this world and in this business. And that was fine. And it really seemed like when, when they were reading the vows, I'm like, okay, Punk is right. Punk, they're just going to do what Punk said, and he's just going to be sick of her. Uh, but now the Liv Morgan thing happens, and then, honestly, Lana dispatches of Liv even for a minute, and that's when Rusev comes out, beats up Lashley. Liv comes back, throws Lana in the cake. Raw goes off the air with them chanting Rusev Day. There's so, a, there's do a you, post-show scene? Hold on. Uh, uh, you, there's a post-show thing? 
I, was, it, them, I thought it was just them, like, you know, celebrating in the ring or something. I yeah, didn't watch but, it. But Lana is, like, screaming at them, like, when I'm done with you, you're not going to even have any hair. So I immediately went, oh, Lana and Liv in a hair match might be good. You know, like, when I'm done with you, ooh, this is not. But here is my problem with this whole thing. This ended the final WWE show of the decade. A decade which, even before the women's evolution, was built for the women in trying to get away from this crass, trash TV stuff. You ended the decade with a segment that had a full-on chant of, Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. And I'm like, and everybody loved it. Everybody was like, this is great. This is, you know, oh, this is so good. And I'm like, all right, then I don't want to hear you complain when this starts to overtake the entire product. Because for, for the s- record, do you like this or do you not like it? Because I fucking hate it. I think, and you'll understand this, for me it's like a modern episode of Family Guy. I can put it on and admit, ha, huh, I got a laugh out of that. That was kind of entertaining. But I can also tell you, it is objectively bad television. I can't even get that kind of positivity out of it. I hate everything about this. I hate Lana's overacting. I hate whatever type of character they're trying to give her. Because I really feel like part of the problem is the way that they're writing her. And part of the problem is just the way that she's acting. I don't like... For, uh, I don't even know how to wait the word this. Like, if they were to have like a bitchy character that were doing the stuff that they were doing with her, like the "this is the greatest moment of your life" type stuff, okay, then I would like it. But they're not doing that well. And then Lana is also really bad at acting this out because if their idea. Well, see, if their idea of it is that she can't remember her lines and that she's botching her lines, why the hell is that a character? And then if their idea is that she should have these lines and she's just botching them, then why the hell are they giving her more time to talk? You know, I don't like that at all. I think Bobby Lashley is horribly miscast because he is just not a talker and he doesn't have any emotion to sell anything away with this, too. And I just don't get into his side of things. I don't like the soap opera type stuff when it's bad. I don't like trash TV. Caroline loves trash TV. How does Caroline feel about this angle? Well, she, if she's just going to put something on in the background, she's going to put on like My Flavor of Love and shit like that. Now, I personally don't like that stuff, but she watches a lot of that stuff. She'll watch, you know, the real housewives of whatever. And she watches it because she's like, these people are awful. The show is bad. But she thinks that it's funny. Even with this, Which she's is like. the vibe you're trying to get out of this. And she's like, I can't stand this. This is awful. This isn't even good bad. I'm like, I fully agree. I hate this. I didn't like the minister dude. I, I know that some people, yeah, like you're saying that he, you thought he was funny and stuff. He didn't get a laugh out of me for anything. Because he came across like, well, but that was one of the unsung better things of the segment was Lawler shitting on the fucking minister. He's like, he can't even talk. 
He's saying matrimony. He can. He's like Lawler just shitting on the guy on commentary. There's nobody in the seats that they set up for the wedding segment. So much of this is bad, but I have a theory. Let's let's look at this angle. We've gotten a, a cock, and ha, uh, look, Rusev, I'm banging this other dude, and oh, you're not having fun? That sucks, because we are. We've gotten... The sex all the time, sex here, we, sex yeah, there. You, you want sex here, sex here, you're a sex addict. We've gotten a fake pregnancy. We've gotten now a wedding that had like five interruptions, one of which included a lesbian pop for sh- for sheer shock value. Now here's the thing. Let's I, I don't even I'm all fragmented here with like scatterbrain because there's so much I want to talk about here. I thought that for Liv Morgan, this is the worst thing you could do. This this ruined her. Because you're again, we're in a fucking era, Tony, of I'm the man. Like, you know, that would have been a fucking badass ending to the show. If Becky Lynch just said, what the fuck is this? Ripped everything down and broke Lana's arm. Like, that would have been a cool ending to the show. I have a huge problem with the entire latter half of the decade being, this should be about women being athletes. Hell, the entire part of this year. Women main eventing WrestleMania. Women are athletes. And you're literally doing a trash TV angle. And the thing is, it's working. Therefore, you're exposing everybody that's like, I want my women to be, you know, taken seriously. As no, you don't. You just want you just want compelling storylines. Because I saw a lot of people defend this as, oh, this is great character development for Liv. You know, she cut those promos about being... Finding the real her. This is things that, you know, queer people actually go through. And this is such a real story. No, you're reaching. And you're trying to find the positive in this. This was full on. Hey, look. Girls making out. Two hot blondes. Two hot blondes. You cannot tell me that this is not a a full on callback to the seediest days of WWE. The only issue with that kind of stuff, well, not the only issue. There's so many different issues, but I, well, I, I here's the fact that I'm the one defending, the, having to say this because I'm not even like the most. Oh my god, social justice! But like, this is clearly wrong. And well, me. here's here's the problems with these kind of things. One of them is if you're trying to make the argument, two hot blondes could have shacked up in the past. Isn't that intriguing? One of the problems with that is they're not even wearing revealing outfits. You're defeating the purpose of the whole thing. If I, as a straight dude, want to see two hot chicks go at it, I want to see two hot chicks go at it. I don't want to see them wearing formal clothes catfighting with each other. I would want to see the type of stuff you'd see uh, on Pornhub or whatever. If you try to make the argument that this is good character development, in what so? Like, what capacity? Because now the whole character development of Liv Morgan is she had a lesbian history with Lana. That's not character development. That's telling me something and not actually giving me character. That's like when you have, like, on a a TV show or something, they go, 
and they do this so many times on so many different TV shows. They'll take a character, male or female. A lot of the times it's female, funny enough, but they do it with guys too, where they'll be like, this person's flawed. They drink. And you're like, okay, well, what's their character? Oh, well, they're flawed. They're an alcoholic. Okay, but like, what is their character other than the fact that they drink or whatever? I will see because they're dark because they drink. Oh, oh my God. Okay, so you don't have any fucking character then. You have a note and an outline of your character, and it's not character development. And that's already out the window. If you want to try to make the argument that this is like, well, we're giving this big angle to these two women or whatever, it's going against what a lot of these people want with the women's evolution and everything, like you were saying. It's completely going in the opposite direction. Completely going in the opposite direction. And you can't even convince me that this is a positive step for LGBT no, uh, we got to we got to put a pin in that because I definitely want to address that separately. No, that, and I'm gonna I'm going to we need to address that for sure. Have, but I'm going to really go off on that because I saw a lot of people try to say that this is great, and if you didn't like this segment, then you take wrestling too seriously. Because yeah, don't you think that the Undertaker's not really from hell? And uh, well, yeah, here's first of all, hold on. No, I'm mad. Don't well, I want to no, I want to get in. I want to get into that because I, I want to address a couple other things before we can deeper dive into that. Because that's another thing is, I know some people are going to make the argument if you're taking this too seriously, then you're wrong because wrestling is camp. Well, we're in an era where the alternative to WWE, as much as AEW has some of its flaws, is not being campy and stupid and that is what people are asking for nxt is also an alternative to wwe do you see these kind of weird angles going on in nxt right now no you see rhea ripley beat the shit out of people and go i'm gonna fucking beat you for your title and then she does and you see the question i wanted to ask like if i put up a poll i wonder if people would say they're more genuinely entertained by Lana and Lashley, or if they're more genuinely entertained by Rhea Ripley and Shannon Baszler, because the answer to that tells me what people really want. And that tells you what type of fan they are, that tells you what their age is, most likely, because if you want to attract the crowd that is into the Lana and Lashley wedding thing, you can attract them, it's not hard, but do you want to make them your target audience? Or do you want to make the people that are going to watch it for professional wrestling? So this is where I think that Vince McMahon comes in. And I I got to think that this is Paul Heyman, too. Oh, this is one. This is 100% Paul Heyman. I fully expected either Lana and Liv were going to make out. And I was like, I was all for, okay, if Lana leaves Lashley and Lana and Liv kind of just have this, you know, we're out. We're, you know, we're actually in love. Whatever. I don't know how you pay that off. But I'd, I'd hated that, too, because I don't like anything about where they're going in its direction. I mean, one thing we definitely have to address, we're going to get to it, is the whole LGBT thing. Because this is, they're dropping the ball with that, 100%. Oh, yeah. But, and I like, to me, like the Liv Morgan thing. You've been building up this Liv Morgan thing, and that's what you're building it up to? Her most recent thing was... uh. 
someone told me uh, made me feel different then they took that away the old me would have done something impulsive the new me is is thoughtful and i strike when i'm ready and i'm i'm ready to strike and do this and whatever and it's and like that was the only fucking hint at all that all because i heard that and i was like Wait, are we going with another love angle? That was my when I saw the promo. This was before the wedding. I'm like, are we going with another romance angle on Raw? Because all of a sudden she's like, oh, somebody made me feel special once, and I'm still hoping that at some point, you know, just she throws Charlotte out of the fucking Rumble. You know, and you like live in Charlotte. Yeah, well, yeah, because Charlotte. This is the whole live thing, right? Charlotte. She had the pink hair and, like, the Harley Quinn vibe. And Charlotte was like, fuck that. Yeah. You're fake. And then she grabbed the mic and said, I have been being fake. And when I get back, I'm going to be real. And then it's just like, okay, I can get on board then if your only way of being quote-unquote real is, okay, actually, I have these, you know, I'm actually a lesbian or bisexual or whatever, and I'm in love with Lana. Fine. Yeah, I would have hated that too. Well, I but I don't think that Liv Morgan in the context of this is being tacked on to this wild circus of bullshit. No, I would have hated it for other reasons too. I don't think that like I I didn't think that the Liv Morgan thing was going to intersect with the Lana thing at all. And I don't just think it, it swerves you doesn't make it good. Right, just because it swerves me doesn't make it good. And I'll admit that if I'm surprised by something in a happy way. That's better than if I wasn't surprised and the happy thing went down. But I I never, ever subscribe to the idea that if I'm surprised at all, that it's good. I have to be surprised with something good for it to be good. Good is good, not just different is good or something. And I don't think that this Liv Morgan thing should have intersected at all with the Lana thing. Or that they should have had any kind of like lesbian angle for that. Uh, I wanted them with Liv Morgan to go from the bubbly quote-unquote quirky crazy chick harley quinn like yeah because that's clearly what she's going for to somebody who's like okay i'm much more real now and her original thing was she was like this kind of tough new jersey chick and it was like okay well make her the tough new jersey chick and she's like you know i used to fight with these people back in school and i'm gonna kick your ass and whatever like that i would have been like okay cool i'm interested in Liv morgan a little bit more now I don't think that they are going in the direction of something that's going to help her out at all. I think that this is going to be like an Emelina type thing. And when they started doing these vignettes and she's like, you know, wearing her robe and she's got her blonde hair, like all straight now and all this other kind of stuff. I'm like, are they going to try to go with the whole, like, I'm supposed to be sexy now? Cause then I, I don't care. We've seen it a bunch of times and whatever. And now I'm not interested in Liv Morgan anymore. And I know that I put her down as a potential one to watch spoiler for that podcast coming out tomorrow i wish i could go back and undo that because now i'm like you know what no not gonna happen she's not gonna have a good year they're gonna push her but it's not gonna be a good year and in a a month or so this is gonna be shit and she's just gonna drop off the face of the earth again but i i and i want to go back to if you were gonna do this any if you were gonna really take this seriously and have this be another wrinkle to the lana issue i would have cut out the fact that you already had that said that Lana was married a first time. I would have cut out the Lashley thing and I would have went right to this and say that this is another serious role in what they're doing because at least then you have 
something to fight for. Liv just came across as like the third interruption out of four, only she's a wrestler, so now they can do mixed tags. Yeah, Rusev and Liv against Bobby Lashley and Lana. And I'm not interested in seeing it. Hold on, if you're Lashley, what the fuck do you want to be with Lana for? Right. None of this makes sense, unless the, the whole ending of this is Lashley, Liv, and Lana... Laugh at, I mean, Lashley, Liv, and Rusev laugh at Lana, and it's like, haha, nobody wants to be with your dumbass. And if that's the whole setup, why did I have to go through months and months to get to that uh, point? And here is what I, I have been saying all along, and I feel it even more after this segment. This entire thing was just, let me throw, let me being Paul Heyman, let me throw shit at the wall. Yep. And let's see how much we can get away with. Because I honestly think that this is going to be a monumental thing in 10 years. Because we're going to look back at this and go, this led to more swearing again. This led to more blood. This, I really think that this stupid angle is going to open the door for a lot of that. I just don't like... I don't even think the, it will. I think it will. I don't like that in the process, you've... You've made Rusev fun. I, I, I'll i be honest, if there's one person who's kind of come out of this refreshed, it's Rusev. You, But you killed Lana for me. Yeah, yeah. Lashley should be fighting Brock fucking Lesnar. Mm-hmm. And he's doing this instead. And Liv Morgan, who has potential, and now I want to get into the whole LGBT thing, because even if you were going to do that with her... This is just not the way to do that. I still, I still want to put a pin in that because I still have other things I want to address ahead of time before right. that. Well, all right, then you do that. Because I really feel like uh, there's a lot of people that are going to make this argument and they're going to say – and Paul Heyman's probably going to make the argument too. If you are upset that this is happening with the women's division, we're giving you an alternative. We are giving you Becky Lynch. We are giving you Asuka. They are, we do have these badasses. You saw Charlotte Flair and Natalia. They went out and they wrestled. We're just giving you – a little bit of everything. We're giving you the badass women, and we're giving you this weird, wacky angle, and we're giving you Kevin Owens and Samoa Joe and a blood feud thing with the AOP, and we're also giving you the Street Profits acting goofy, and wrestling is all about variety, and it's the fucking variety hour. I do understand that there needs to be variety, and I'm totally cool with that. Variety means that there's potential for good. Bad variety means... It's a shit angle, because I liked the Street Profits doing weirder kind of stuff, and I like that they have serious this and that they have this guy's kind of funny. Just like the Randy Orton angle is a little bit more over the top than Ricochet coming out and saying, don't beat up this guy, fight me instead. I liked the Randy Orton thing. And that was variety. But that doesn't mean I need to like this carny bullshit. And I feel like that's what it is. I feel like this is the writer that approaches things like if you go to a circus and it's like, what do we do this week? I don't know. We've got Let's put a beard on this little kid and say, it's the little kid with a beard. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that fun? Or, you know, what kind of weird attraction can we do this time or that time or different things like that. I really feel like a lot of this has to do with approaching pro wrestling as a circus act and you change things around and you do gimmicks 
to get people interested and stuff. And I don't like that. Like I would never approach smack talk and smart at moment and smack talk and all that stuff. That's obviously a different animal than what professional wrestling and TV shows and stuff are. But I would never approach this as I'm going to promote something ahead of time and be like, Oh my God, this wacky, crazy stuff's going to happen. And on this episode, of the hot tags we're gonna get drunk when we're doing it wouldn't that be funny and the next time we're gonna do it all with the crazy hats on and what i'm gonna be like no if i can't have my stuff work the way that it's just gonna work and just stand on its own then i know that it's garbage and if i know that it's garbage i'm gonna try to make it better if wwe thinks that their stuff is crap and they should for a lot of it a lot of it's great. We were talking about how like we liked the Aleister Black and Buddy Murphy match, or I liked the Randy Orton angle. Like that's pure storyline. It wasn't a match. It wasn't like I'm the type of person who's saying it needs to be all sports and stuff. Because if I was that kind of uh, mentality, I would watch AEW and not feel bored. And I watch AEW, and sometimes I'm like, oh my god, can we get something other than a thirty minute match? I feel like. Paul Heyman and Vince McMahon and all them, they kind of try to do this whole, let's do the circus act and let's do this weird thing and let's have Lana pretend like she's pregnant this week and that'll get people clicking on the social media stuff and then, well, we take it next week. We'll do this. We'll do that. We'll do this. And I think it's bad. And it's the type of stuff that if I would have been watching this with anybody other than my girlfriend who knows this kind of stuff, I would be embarrassed that this is what I'm watching and that this is what my job is revolving around. With the Randy Orton thing, nothing embarrassing about that. If anything, if somebody was watching that for the first time, they'd be like, oh shit, the guy that was uh, injured is actually not injured. That's kind of neat. That was a swerve. This 30 minutes worth of this bad wedding soap opera crap that ends in Liv Morgan coming out and doing all this, I would legitimately be embarrassed. And, you know, I've got grandparents that passed away way before I got into doing this as my job if they could come back to life and be like so what are you making of yourself and I'd be like I I review crap like this I would be embarrassed you know and I'm I'm obviously in the same boat and I I, like, I uh, spent uh, last week reporting that Santa Claus was a fucking champion, and this that wasn't as bad as what this was. That's the type of crap where it's like, I wrote that down, and I was like, why am I writing down that Santa Claus won the 24-7 championship? This is my stupid job, and, and that is you, better man. than this. I'll is. be honest, you know that I'm like literally in the middle of um, coordinating a family thing, and I'm like, I hate saying I have to work, and then they're like, what are you working on? Uh... This guy was fucking this girl, but she's actually married to this girl, and I gotta report it because it's gonna do with tremendous numbers. It's like uh, I am TMZ, and I hate TMZ type crap in the worst fucking way. You know, because like at least with TMZ, their their stuff kind of it's it's their real lives. We're reporting on fake real lives, you know, like. It's again, it's the type of crap where it's like reality shows. I hate reality shows. I watch Big Brother, but the thing about Big Brother that I like is you take a bunch of people that are real people, you put them in a house together, 
you lock them away from everything, and they start arguing and bitching and complaining and conspiring against each other. What I don't like about Big Brother is when they have these overproduced things where it's like, all right, I'm going to set up my line about the fact that I'm hanging on on this challenge and I just can't drop and whoop, and I dropped. Uh-oh. Because that stuff is like, oh my god, you're playing to the lowest fucking common denominator. And I don't like when they're like, this gimmick challenge is the the tilt-to-whirl Alice in Wonderland thing and we're going to try to capture the rabbit and whatever. I'm like, that's just stupid. Why are you dressed up wearing these fucking outfits and stuff? Give me... <laughs> a show where these people are dealing with the psychological stuff about the whole thing. That's what I'm interested in. I'm not interested in this person's dressed up like a goddamn mongoose or something, you know? And I hate that so much because that's what the show used to be is more, they had a fucking challenge. My Probably one of my favorite seasons of Big Brother is season two. This is when they started doing like a lot of things completely differently from season one and stuff. One of the major challenges of season two, they had a couple people sitting on a bed, and you had to keep a hand of yours on this key. That's it. And they just had them sitting around, and then the people are sitting there just sitting and talking. And the one guy's like, hey, if you let go, I'll make sure not to vote you out. And they're all going like, oh, you know, maybe he's lying. Maybe he's telling the truth. Maybe I do let go. I'm getting my back's kind of hurting and all this other kind of stuff. And if I trust him and then I can get the power next week and whatever, because he won't be eligible and like, you know, that kind of thing. And it's just people sitting and grabbing a fucking uh, wooden block, basically. You didn't need to have all these weird gimmicks and stuff. And it's like, if you wanted me to have Alana and Liv Morgan's story, I already think that that's stupid. And again, we're going to get into the whole LGBT thing. We haven't even gotten there yet. Yeah. We haven't even touched that on that one yet, but like, if you were to pitch me, say I'm Vince McMahon and I'm trying to bring back credibility to my product and stuff, and you come up to me as a writer and you say to me, how about we do like Lana and Liv are in love with each other? I'd go, why? Like, let's play devil's advocate. Be that guy. Why would you want that storyline to go down? Well, listen, I think... We can get new eyes on the product if we branch out and do, you know, LGBT storylines. We we can't shy away from that. This is something that WWE has tried in the past, and we really fumbled the ball. And I think, listen, Lana is a compelling star. She does have the Hollywood experience. She's close with Liv. They can maybe pull this off. I think we can do a good Lana and Liv storyline. But we have to, uh, my thing is, I want to make sure that this makes sense, and it's tasteful, and I want to do this right. Nah. <laughs> like, because, let's go into it, because let's, we have to address the whole, there, I could go in circles about this whole, like, oh, it's the carny thing, and why don't you fucking like it? You like carny shit? No, I don't. No, and well, I can, hold on. We, no, uh, you know, we're both gonna get we're so frazzled about all this kind of stuff because it's we're talking about it longer than what the whole segment actually went on but it's funny because it's like it's it's it has it's been building up for weeks and weeks and weeks and it's gonna resonate for weeks and weeks and weeks and all that too no what upsets me is 
when people will go to the end of the and this is when you figure out that okay social media isn't like you're not conversing it's two people yelling into a void and trying to find somebody that echoes their sentiment because you cannot will not fucking say to me undertaker and kane aren't related that doesn't matter when they, I don't, for that matter, by the way, I don't like the fact that they're just like, Kane is Glenn Jake. I hate that shit. When Undertaker and Kane did their thing, it worked for what it was. And yes, it was supernatural, but they never fucking just said, here, he, here's, you know, we're going to add Undertaker's Uncle Joe this week. And isn't that funny? Because this is just a, it's just Saturday Night Live, guys. That's all we are. Right. And so when you want to tell me, well, this is great for the LGBT community because this is representation and this is, you know, people who are, who are queer really feel this way and they need to find themselves. You have fucking Sonia Deville uh-huh. on your roster. And you, you teased. Be a tasteful queer storyline. They, they wanted to do it. They, they wanted to they do it. They openly said they wanted to do it to the point where last night when it happened. They were both pretty pissed off. Their, res- their response was, Sonya said, Welp, my mind is blown. Mandy said, no words. And then the, like the Ugh, kind of face. And then she said, I know my friend. And then mind blown. Why would you not do the lesbian angle with the two people who have said that they want to do it and have and pitched it in the past? And the one who is actually a lesbian and on how to do this tastefully. How to do no. it tastefully, how to do it with actual... CM Punk tweeted out, he said, WWE needs to hire people who actually understand what representation means to the audience they're trying to reach. But what do I know? I'm a bear, I suck the heads <laughs> off fish. Uh, that's <laughs> kind of funny. But, like, that's a real legitimate concern. Ignoring the fact that I hate the, the garbage writing and the garbage acting and the fact that we're doing this soap opera crap to begin with. Like, if you took Sonya Deville out of the roster... And you took Mandy Rose out of the roster and you didn't have the setup that they were interested in doing the story. And you just told me you were doing the story. I already wouldn't like it because I don't want to have 30 minutes of my fucking episode of Raw dedicated to setting up this whole thing after months of dealing with this whole Rusev angle and having this big payoff be that blonde and that blonde hooked up in the past and we might do an edgy quote unquote a lesbian thing isn't that interesting don't you want to tune in next week no no i don't at all you know, if anything i don't want to watch the next week at all because i know you're going to be recapping this shit for the next bunch of episodes and they're going to do more of it and i don't want more of it and i hate that there's people clicking on the youtube thing and i hate oh, that it, i have to put this as my tremendous. fucking thumbnail because i know that it's going to get more hits on this because i know it's going to do it i hate that because that's going to make them think that this is working and that that's going to be good. You know and, what was one of my favorite things? Um, Jerry Ryan, good old Jerry Ryan, said, this is so bad. And the talent isn't at fault. It falls on the writers. Using gay for shock value perpetrates the idea that it, it, that it is unusual or odd, which keeps storylines alive. No wonder WWE struggles to find a millennial audience. Now, while I personally agree with everything that he said, one of my favorite interactions was somebody said, oh, so the guy who has his dick suplex people is going to try to tell us how we should write our storylines? 
I thought that was phenomenal because this goes on to my biggest issue, especially a little more than 24 hours after I recorded a tremendous wrestling-based podcast with Callum Wiggins previewing Wrestle Kingdom 14. Why do we need to be soap opera? Why? Yeah, why? NXT has an audience. And a younger audience than some of a lot of the other things. Velveteen Dream, by the way, that's a much better representation of anything than Lana and Liv are. And if you want to argue that your your goal is the representation, then again, Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose, you, you've set it up, you've got the backstory, you know they're interested in doing it, you know that they're friends, you know that they're close, they're two good-looking girls too, it's not like it's like, oh, well, we want, we want the two hot blondes or whatever. And Mandy Rose is all about her fucking looks. WWE is super into the hot blonde thing again all of a sudden. I, I don't get why they're, again, they're reverting back to everything that you were trying to get away from. Because if you wanted to do this storyline, honestly, you could have done it with Sasha and Bailey, and it would have played off quite yep. more realistic than this. And it's this like. This was literally bad porn. Yeah. storytelling that's all this is because so. that's that's a big big fault about this whole thing was even if you like this shit to begin with the fundamental shit that i can't stand about this like if you like carny circusy wacky oddball soap opera garbage Rather. if you like that stuff but that's that's about 10 levels deep of how I don't like this kind of thing. And if you get past like, well, I like the carny stuff, but I don't like this. Okay, well, but I also like this. I also like that. Because you're hitting different levels here of, do you like the bad acting wrestling? I don't. Do you like the weird super opera, uh, opera angles? I don't. Do you like the wedding angles? I don't. Do you like the whatever? You know, multiple levels past this point. Even if you like that stuff, this was poorly done. Because... If you are somebody who wants to watch wrestling to see, like, the two hot chicks make out type of thing, you want to see Tori Wilson in a fucking string bikini making out with Dawn Marie or whatever, you know? And and they did that. And that was bad porn storytelling, but at least... At least that showed you something, and that was the point of it. Like, and it's not the way that it used to be in 1997 when I was watching... And I was like, you know, DX is fucking great. And they're making dick jokes and they're doing this and they're doing that. And Sunny, gorgeous chick. And I'm going to watch her partially because I'm just a wrestling fan and partially because it's like, oh, you know, she's hot. And Sable to me, you know, a 12, 13 year old kid. Yeah. Sable's going to get a good reaction out of me in I mean, 1997 when, when I, I can't, 12? when I can't go to fucking Pornhub, you know? 2005, Melina doing that split entrance, that did something for me, you know? Right. As a kid. This, I don't feel, is going to target those kids. I don't feel like it's going to get those adults. I don't feel like it's going to get the soap opera crowd. I don't think it's going to get the women crowd that are like, oh, I want more storylines that deal with this kind of thing or something. I don't think it's going to get the reality show crowd. I don't think it's going to get the TMZ crowd. Because you can't pay it off. How the fuck? Like... I really hate to keep referencing porn, but at least you know no matter how many levels of bad acting you have, 
You're going to see a couple naked people fuck. Yeah, you're going to see the payoff to whatever they're building here. There's a money shot involved at some point. And the money shot here, apparently, is that at the Royal Rumble, Rusev and Liv Morgan are going to take on Bobby Lashley and Lana. I hate this with such a big passion, and I really feel like if I were Sonya with this LGBT like angle that they're going with, I'd quit. I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily say that she quit, but I will say there's the alternative. They did this in 2003 on SmackDown with Billy Gunn, Tori Wilson, Jamie Noble, Nidia, where I think Noble beat Gunn, so he got a night with Nidia, which then resulted in the four of them hooking up. And you could do that, but again, what are you paying off? And I thought like the whole thing was we're beyond this. You know, we don't want women to be used as just for their sexual presence. Also, doesn't WWE want to be seen as a more legitimate form of entertainment and writing and all that? Now, I have a theory there, too. So, NXT is for the wrestling fan, right? Shawn Michaels and Triple H are running that. This is for, like, the... It's almost like if you were an NWA fan in the new age, right? Still real to me, damn it. <laughs> SmackDown feels like traditional, at least for the last 15 years or so, streamlined mainline WWE programming. Where, okay, you've got Roman Reigns, who's the superhero babyface, and you got Baron Corbin, who is a reviled heel. And then you have Raw, which right now really just feels like like somebody's pet project that they're just like, okay, all right, now we have this character. Now what if they have superpowers? It's now, like right goofy now. antics and bad writing and like the garbage heap where all these terrible ideas go to play around. Yeah. And like, you want to be nominated for a fucking Emmy? You're not going to get it with this shit, you know? And you don't need an Emmy. You should be happy enough to get the ESPN awards because you got you guys are athletes. And it is sports entertainment. Sports comes first. But it is it is professional wrestling. Like at the end of the day, the storylines should support the professional wrestling. It shouldn't be. I guess we'll get around to professional wrestling every once in a while. But I really want to have my Lana acting segment here and there because again I, I keep mentioning this and i keep thinking that there's a good portion of this that they think and that lana agrees that this is like some star vehicle thing for lana it's like you know well she's some actress and we can make her like this big actress and she can it, and flaunt you know all this it might be that doesn't mean and this has always been my whole problem with the the stereotype of well the wrestling fan is always gonna be there we need the cat because if the wrestling fan is always going to be there, then cater to your niche audience and stop trying to be anything else than what you are. The fact that this was the main event speaks volumes. This was their priority. And there's a part of the writing team that wants the Kevin Owens and Samoa Joe stuff. And they're the ones that are going to eventually quit. Because they're the ones that are like, I can't get a fucking word in edgewise. 
I'm trying to pitch this stuff and I'm trying to do this series storyline. I'm trying to push this Kevin Owens thing and I'm trying to get Seth Rollins going and I want to get Andrade to the next level and I want Aleister Black to look strong and I want Buddy Murphy to look cool and I want Charlotte Flair to look good and I want... But they want they want to focus on make sure we've got a bunch of empty chairs out there for our stupid wedding segment and all this. And you know what? I'll even argue if this went on at the nine o'clock hour, would have been less offensive. The fact that you've closed several shows with this angle is what bothers the fuck out of me. The- this is never going to headline Mania. We always no. go back to Bruce Pritchard, right? Something wrestle where he says, can I see him headlining Mania? This angle is never headlining Mania. No love angle ever has headlined a Mania. I think they've tried once or twice to force a love angle into the world title match at Mania. Never really comes off well. Always comes across stupid. Because at the end of the day... People do just want to see the wrestling. And I'm not going to sit here and say that the YouTube numbers aren't great. The YouTube numbers are great. But at the same time, what audience are you fucking playing to? The YouTube numbers are great because it's shit. Look at a lot of the things that catch on on YouTube. It's playing to the lowest common denominator. It's controversy. It's like, what's more likely to get a bunch of hits? YouTube uh, on WWE, their YouTube account posts something that's like, um, I don't know, like uh, Natalia reflects on her loss to Charlotte Flair. And she talks to Charlie Caruso or Tyra Schreiber or whatever. And she's like, yeah, I lost to Charlotte. I came out for the open challenge, but I'm going to be in the Royal Rumble too. Or... Randy Orton teases that he's injured and he actually gives an RKO to AJ Styles and stuff. He might be done for the rest of his career. People are going to click on the thing about, oh, Randy Orton might be injured. Because it's more sensational. It's the fucking it's news. Baity. It's baby. Yeah, it's like that's by the news uh, broadcast. You watch news now uh, for God knows how many years. Holy the news shit, is the, like. The news is so baby. We could, the news is disgusting. It's the worst fucking program on the entire television network and there's you know you can watch home and garden stuff you know oh, hold on can we can we get into the news for five seconds because the news actually played upon one of my biggest pet peeves in wrestling you know how they'll go wow finn balor really put up against a fight against brock lesnar but he lost and here he is on main event the, the news does that shit now with oh well we impeached him but he's not leaving like wait so what did you what did you accomplish? And that is largely what I feel wrestling is doing right now. What did you accomplish? Oh, but it, it's good because you know you shouldn't take this stuff so seriously. That will never not offend me. Right. I know I know like the joke on this podcast is I'm a super mark and all that. That will never not offend me. Oh, that I shouldn't take this stuff too seriously. When you know, because on the very same show, you talked about Edge having to retire because this business is so real that he risks paralysis. But you're like... You can't have it both ways. That's the thing. You can't want me... Because they want you to. That's the thing. It doesn't happen, but it's like, you can't want me to be in tears and so happy about Kofi Mania or 
Daniel Bryan overcoming the odds and becoming champion or about the women's evolution and being like, oh, this is this great thing and we're going to have the first ever main event of WrestleMania or we're going to have the evolution pay-per-view and isn't this this trailblazing moment? You can't want me to have those serious moments and also expect me to be like, this is some goofy, wacky shit and I'm so – 10 minutes later. You I know, know I, I know that they want variety and I know that they want this whole – you give a little bit of everything to every type of person out there and you're trying to please a thousand fans. But if that were the case as well, then you didn't need this to be 35 fucking minutes long. The more I think about it, the best payoff ever would have been even like if Rhonda just came out and said, yeah, I'm back. Fuck this shit. Where, you know, like something that lampshades the whole thing. Yeah. Just like, just throw it out there as being like, this is garbage, we know it's garbage, and this person's getting a pop because they're going to ruin the set, and they're like, no, I'm ruining the set because this is crap TV. Like what Kevin Owens has done. And, or like even what they did the same night with Charlotte Flair. I'm tired of saying I'm the queen. You know the score. Let's fucking go. Like, that. I want more of that. I want more of... Listen, I'm tired of the same rhetoric. Let's go. Now, I do laugh at, like, Otis has a ham and he gives it to Sami Zayn <laughs> and they knock it down and all that. But that's more subtle, you know? And, and by the way, Otis and Mandy, that's not main eventing Raw or SmackDown. It's not main eventing SmackDown. It's not going to main event WrestleMania. It's also just simpler and it's just a couple moments here and there. It's not this over-the-top main event that they're trying to make this big deal, this big giant production that we're going to advertise weeks in advance and all this other kind of stuff. They're treating this fucking Lana thing as if it's the main storyline. Like, this is the Mega Powers Explode or something like that. And it's crap. Now, you, you give me... want to hit the fast-forward button to 10 years from now where, like, you can hear all of the, yo, well, behind the scenes... Because... Like, you know there's a fucking story here. You know there's a story here. Why are they giving this so much time? Why are they giving this so much attention? And yes, it's you can gotta be that it's thing. just Vince and Paul. I think it's mostly Paul, and it's it's Paul trying to show that you don't need to play it so safe. The world is changing again. We can get a little more aggressive. And I'm I'm okay with going a little more aggressive. I'm okay with trying to do some different things here and there and i'm okay with shit for that matter i'm okay with the idea of them saying i don't know let's try to do some kind of a lana and rusev breakup storyline i wouldn't go that in that direction because i don't like that kind of stuff but when they first wanted to try it okay at least try it i will dislike it from the start but i can see why you would want to go with it but this has been like how many months now September no I it was the first week that I moved here so it was like um yeah September September like 30th. the end of September September like 30th so we were at literally three months three months of this thing and it's Quarter like of a year all because they're getting their jollies off of this weird fucking kink stuff and it's like I I didn't like the Mike and Maria Canellas crap. I'm not going to like the variation of it that they're doing with this. I didn't like Emelina. You know, I hated that thing. Like, anytime that they do these kind of weird things. 
it was just crap. And it, it the only reason that it didn't go further is because Emma ended up not being a part of the whole thing. And you know, I would like to. I, I wish WWE superstars were more responsive on Twitter because I would love to say, "Hi, Charlotte." Thoughts. Like you may have entered WrestleMania. You, you know what I mean? Like that's what kills me is the women have main evented and in no circumstance there, there seems to be this weird thing with women, right? Where, Oh, well we need the evolution pay-per-view. Why? Cause every woman deserves a spotlight to show. I'm not sitting here telling you that you need to get Zack Ryder on the pay-per-view because everybody on the roster deserves a chance to shine. Oh, well that's different. No, it's not. It's not. Like, well, that's like it's the checklist of if you if you want to say that you like this angle because it's giving two of these women more of a spotlight, I'm never going to convince you otherwise because you're stuck in your mentality. If you want to say you like this angle because you like the goofy shit, I'm never going to convince you otherwise because you're stuck in that you fucking like it. And you know what? Fine. If you like it, then keep watching it. I'm going to fast forward them from now on. I actually fundamentally hate this so much in a lot of different ways i'm applying the brock lesnar rule i think going forward i don't think that we can until they're gonna keep main eventing shit with this how can we that's why i don't like the brock lesnar rule because it's like how can we brock lesnar rule the thing that's gonna headline all the shows what do we do talk for three hours and then go and then that happens see ya like yeah i just don't want to do it though like you know like i i feel like i'm getting out all my stuff about this lana thing now and i'm not gonna end up having anything else to say other than yeah it's still absolute trash and i hate it you know like they continue to do the fucking uh lgbt stuff and it's not like uh all right we just said this to get them like if we start to see video packages where they were hanging out and shit that's another thing you reminded me of that there's no backstory to this there's no setup they didn't interact with each other at all there's nothing of a foundation of this so if it would have been that she would have been in love with ruby riot then at least it would have been more believable but this is piss poor writing for a bad angle like so much so to the point where people went through fucking lives insta uh, went through lives twitter and found pictures of her with Lana at the start of the year, just so they could, you know, jerk themselves off. Like, ah, oh, look, long-term, long-term storytelling. Because it's a joke. Because it's just a fucking joke. But it doesn't matter because wrestling to 90% of the audience now is a joke. And yeah, I'm kind of getting on my soapbox, and I have been for this whole thing. But I fucking hate that. And you know more than anybody that like i love down and dirty pro wrestling when it's done right and this is just i don't know why are you taking it so seriously and i fucking can't stand that i hate the why are you taking it so seriously i hate the uh, and i'll never ever in any circumstance even if it's applying to something that i like and that they're in the same argument that i am you will never hear me say just enjoy it for what it is. Right. I that's it's a completely unfounded argument. It's that's that's the same type of argumentative uh, argumentative skills as when like a parent says 
my rules. My it's like, well, rules. that doesn't, who the fuck are you? You're, you know, this person or, you know, like that kind of thing. Like, or when people say, I demand respect. No, you don't. You earn respect. Or when people say that, like, if you dislike something, that it must be the worst thing ever. That you have to do, like, extremes. You either love it or you hate it. No, you can dislike something and you dislike it a little bit. Or you can love something but not love every part of it. Right. Or, you know, relationships. When people get into relationships and they act like it has to be everything's perfect 100% of the time. No, you're going to have your arguments and you're going to disagree. Yeah, it's like these people are, like, so fucking extremes. And... It's maddening what world we're in right now. And I feel like, not that this is, like, indicative of, like, all of life and stuff, but it's, like, this stupid thing with Lana and Lashley is just another thing where it's just, like, I think it's poorly written. I think it's a bad idea to begin with. And even if it wasn't a bad idea, they did a bad job with it. If it would have been a great idea, they did it horrible to begin with. I think if you're arguing for the LGBT side of things, it's offensive. Because it's like, why didn't you go with the Sonya Deville thing? Like, I really think that she should talk to them and be like, you didn't want to do this with Mandy and I, but you're doing this. Is this because you don't actually want to do it? And you know, every like, Sonya Deville interview is going to ask her about this from here until the end of fucking time, right? And if I were her, I'd be like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be the company uh, champion that is talking about how i'm okay with this other angle and that they didn't do that with my thing and stuff like that because what the fuck else is sonya deville doing like she doesn't have a whole lot of character right now she could have been the one that could have been in this scenario and it could have been something with mandy rose and it could have been that she was in love with her the whole entire time and you know what i probably still wouldn't have liked it because it's that weird goofy soap opera crap but at least it would have made sense you know at least If you were to pitch to me a year ago and you said at some point in 2019, heading into 2019, at 2020, we want to do an angle of somebody being in love with another woman on the roster, what do you do? I would have been like, it's got to be Mandy and Sonya. And then then you – who the fuck do you put with Mandy? Okay, well, you go with – Mandy is – because they were trying to do something with EC3 a little bit. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, I'd be like, all right, well, we're trying to do something there. Let's take that to the next level. Let's make it that EC3 is like that. And that Mandy is involved in EC3 because EC3 is this chiseled, rich dude. And Sonya is on the outs and whatever, and they do this kind of thing. Now, I wouldn't want some fucking 10-month storyline that goes along with that, but at least it makes sense. And I argue it when it comes to the Star Wars franchise now, and I argue it when it comes to anything with just writing. The most fundamental thing about writing is it needs to make sense. And it needs to be entertaining. I am not entertained by this, and it makes no sense. And it's poorly written, and it's crap, and I don't want to see it anymore. At all. Like, if they came out on the next episode of Raw, and they completely acted as if none of this ever happened, I'd be happy. You would not be a fan. And you know what? They're going to talk about this on Backstage. By the way, I know it's New Year's Eve. Backstage is a show that's going to happen tonight. I think and it's pre-recorded. It's not. Because it'll only be 8 p.m. in California. 
I thought that they just did it last week. No, she actually said I would. I think Paige said something like, "I wish I was on backstage tomorrow to talk about the show." Hmm. I hope and, that they rip it to shreds. I mean, listen, it might be pre-recorded, but even if it is, you know that like this is where they're going. Like, I okay, I, I checked to see if Sonia had tweeted anything since, because I just. I don't want to spend any time on this, but I'm just so irritated by the fact that your last Raw of the decade goes off the air with Trash TV in the year that you had females made of made of a mania. Like I just, it's very deflating, and it's also deflating for me that so many people just go, "Yeah, but wrestling's not serious." Like, and people don't understand how much, like, I hate the fact that you can't be a wrestling journalist. I put air quotes around that, even though that's my job. And be a fan. Like, like if there's, no, you have, if you're a journalist, then you have to be desensitized. And you can't want to see an amazing wrestling show. Which I think is bullshit. I still want to be a fucking fan of wrestling. And so much over the last year and a half has made this just a job. And this is kind of like the culmination of that. This is a bad thing. You, you serve no purpose. And then you got people going, yeah, well, Undertaker's not really from hell. Yeah. We made fun of, for the however many years now, we made fun of Abe Knuckleball Schwartz and all this other kind of goofy crap that they used to do. Mabel wasn't really a king, but what the fuck is your point? Like, And like, well, I mean, the goofier crap that they used to do, people make fun of it, like the gobbledygooker. Why is the gobbledygooker something that we can make fun of and that we should just be okay with something like this? You know? The gobbledygooker stuff sucked. And this sucks. This is gobbledygooker type crap now the gobbledygooker is like old nostalgic type thing where you can kind of joke about it and you can be like ah bring the gobbledygooker back the next time you're doing something for thanksgiving because we're going to be like laughing at the fact that we were so stupid to do that stuff back then and it cl- you clearly haven't learned because you're doing the same stupid crap now i like to reiterate a point i said earlier just to kind of round up my thoughts on this if you were watching raw for the first time and you were sitting down next to me last week and they had santa claus win the title i'd be like yeah this is my job it's stupid hold on let me go hop on my computer and type out that santa claus won the championship but you might even find it kind of funny and you might find it kind of quirky and endearing in some kind of way but there's a certain level of like this is stupid and why are you watching this this lana thing I would. I am legitimately embarrassed that this is my job. Uh, and it's, and I know I ragged on the Bucks last week or the week before for quitting Twitter, but the amount of like that too. Of- you know, just the idea that people were and justly so crapping on the Dark Order of being like that's how you're going to end the year. WWE needs to get just as much shit for this. Yeah. 
this is how you're ending the decade. You're WWE for fuck's sake. You have everybody. You could have ended the year with John Cena uh, giving the AA to Brock Lesnar. You could have done whatever you wanted, and you did this. Over the course of 24 hours, they want people to watch three hours of Raw to get to the main event of a Lana and Bobby Lashley wedding that ends in the Liv Morgan thing turning out to just be that, and Rusev popping out of a cake. And then 24 hours later, they want people that have never watched wrestling to turn on the New Year's Eve thing later tonight to see Roman Reigns against Dolph Ziggler and to get hooked on it and to tune in on Fox to watch pro wrestling action. Now, if those people somebody for five minutes on Roman Reigns, but well, I mean, they want people to watch a pro wrestling match and get hooked and want to watch more pro wrestling. And then if those same people tune in for the first time this Friday and you start hitting them with, if you didn't watch Monday Night Raw, this is what you missed. Here's Lana shrieking with cake all over her and Bobby Lashley's makeup and all that stuff. People are going to go, oh, oh, that's what I missed. Uh, Well, then fuck this. I mean, like, this is the worst part of wrestling. This is the part that you go, yeah, I still watch this. You know, whereas, like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to watch Wrestle Kingdom in 48 hours or whatever, and it's going to be like, this is wrestling. This is fucking amazing. Yeah, I just hate it. I hate it so much. I see absolutely no positives out of this. And maybe maybe everybody disagrees. I don't know. If you do, drop a comment below. Tell me why you think otherwise, because... You're not going to convince me otherwise. That's one thing. And I'm not going to convince you otherwise. But I would love to hear your perspective still. Yeah. Please and just tell us why you think that this is quality, good, entertaining storytelling. And for that matter, also, if you are in that, ju- just out of curiosity, I'm not – I'm making fun of you because I disagree and I think you're stupid. But <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but I, I really do want to know, what else do you enjoy watching? Are you the type that you like this storyline and you are very much like, I watch TMZ and I watch this reality show and the this thing? And the, like, what content do you digest? Do you like people on YouTube, for instance? I don't know why you would if you're listening to us because we're not like that. Like- <laughs> yeah. Do you like the ones that are like that? What was that kid uh, fucking voice? Uh, where he like he just like put his pitch up really oh, high. Fred. Yeah, yeah, Fred, something that's like a throwback. that. That's a throwback YouTube reference, but yeah, that's still a thing. Like, is that like something that you enjoy? Do you like when it's just like, oh, it's funny because he's got a, you know, high pitched voice. Ha ha ha! Like, are are you a fan of Benny Hill, for instance, where the, there's one gag for every single thing, which is just they run around and sped up motion and it's and it's just like oh he poked that person in the face and they're good now they're gonna chase after him and be like why you wanna i'm gonna go chase after you with my fucking uh you know like that that kind of goofy slap i gotta show you a tweet from cornet after we're done with this <laughs> but i really want to know like is that what you enjoy and is that why you enjoyed this or are you in this weird set of circumstances where you're like I enjoyed the hell out of this, and my favorite movie to watch is Kenneth Branagh's Hamlet. Because that'll really fucking surprise me, if that's the case. You know what I mean? 
Kenneth Branagh's Hamlet, very good, by the way. Um, yeah, I just I am I'm flabbergasted. I think that this is borderline offensive. I think that it's offensive as far as a writer uh, perspective. I think it's offensive as far as like the LGBT thing. I think it's offensive for just a wrestling fan. I think it's garbage TV. I think it's badly written, a bad idea. It's going to screw Liv Morgan out of everything. It's not doing anything for Lana. It's making Bobby Lashley look stupid. It's making Rusev be somebody I want to just leave. It doesn't make me want to tune in next week. It makes me not want to watch anything other than NXT, which NXT yep. is just recapping the good stuff. I hate that, it. It makes me want to go, all right, then the only new wrestling I want to watch is NXT or AEW. Yeah. And I, I think that that... After two hours of talking about that, I think that yeah. that's about it. Uh, I plugged a lot of things already. I plugged the Patreon. I plugged the merch. Um, fanboysanonymous.com. If you want to check out stuff where I talk about things that are written that are much better written. You know, movies and stuff like that. Occasionally. Yeah. Over the Last Jedi. Sometimes it's other stuff. Yeah. Last Jedi, poorly written. Um but I put up my Fanboys Film Awards, and I've got, you know, The Weekend Geek Six and Six Flicks them. Picks. Yeah, that's coming up for the entire 2020, at least as far as I can look ahead of time. That's going to be posted at some point tomorrow, I think. Uh, yeah, plenty of stuff happening there. If you want more to happen, like more ambulances in the background, that's real great. Uh, then hit up the Patreon, check out the merchandise shops, support Fanboys and Smart Moment by following them on Facebook and Twitter and checking out the websites and clicking things and liking things and sharing things and commenting on things and all that stuff. And check out what Rob's got going on as well. And if you have sat through this entire rant, I appreciate you more than you know. Thank you for listening to... Us air our grievances a little late after Festivus, but it's all good. Oh, that uh, poll can... would have so many. <laughs> <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Duke Police. You can check out everything I'm doing at Fightful.com and WrestleZone.com. A lot less opinionated because I am a journalist and I cannot give my opinion. Uh, yeah. Happy New Year. <laughs> yeah, Happy New Year, everybody. Uh, this is going to post at some point on the 31st at night, so... Hopefully you listen to it well in advance for that. And hopefully you have a good, safe, happy new year. Tell us what your plans are. Tell us your new year's resolutions, anything like that. Just keep the discussion going. Thank you for listening to this. Thank you for following us throughout all of 2019 and look forward to what's happening in 2020. We have got the one to watch, which is not Liv Morgan anymore. And the future endeavors forecast, which should probably include Lars Sullivan at this point. I said Sonya Deville was the one to watch. Yeah, it's clearly not in the, the, this angle. Uh, you know, that's oh, happening fuck. tomorrow. We've got the Superstar, Superstar Scores Edge popping up as well to, uh, to pay back uh, Marco for his Patreon donation. And uh, plenty of other things happening as well. Takeover Blackpool 2 is happening next week. That's... Uh, Wrestle Kingdom this weekend. Wrestle You'll Kingdom for me and Callum on that. Yeah, you guys are going to be doing a post show for both. I think both nights. We're doing a post show for both because night one will heavily uh, influence night two. Yeah, so that's uh, plenty of New Japan stuff coming your way as well. And obviously, anything else that happens, you'll see it on SmartCatMoment.com and on the YouTube channel and elsewhere. So just stay tuned, and we will see you when we see you, everybody. But for now, this has been another Smart Out moment, and we're being counted out.